Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Mano and Inverclyde on social media and um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member, one of our staff members, our volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Chris Paul and I'm your stand-in host tonight. Um, I'm going to be joined by three other uh, Rangers fans tonight who will hopefully be, be taking us through a busy schedule. We've got quite a lot of stuff to be uh, talking about. There's a lot of stuff happening with Rangers at the minute. Um, you tend to find that when you're good in Europe, you tend to find you play a lot of games midweek and at the weekend. So looking forward to talking about it. Um, first joining me on the screen here is Steve. Steve, how's yourself, mate? And how's things been over the last time for you've been on the podcast? Uh, yep, thanks for uh, having me on again. Um, yeah, just games coming thick and fast, as we all know. Um, kind of happy to be back on talking about the football, but maybe not so much about the off-field stuff, but I'm sure we'll get to that later on. Uh, plenty plenty for us to, to cover over um, the next sort of 50 minutes to an hour, definitely. Cheers for that, Steve. Um, next up is Davey Pollock. Davey, how's things, mate? Smashing, smashing. Aye, it's uh, good to be back on and uh, speaking to you all again. Obviously, we've got a few issues to get through here. Some good, some bad, some we don't want, probably don't want to talk about, but we will anyway. So, yeah, let's uh, crack on. Definitely. Brilliant. Cheers, mate. Thank you. And also joining us from abroad, as usual, is David Tomlinson. How's things, David? Yeah, great. Thanks very much for having me. And uh, looking forward to your uh, your uh, show as, uh, as the podcast host. All the best. No pressure, mate. No pressure. No, thank you very much. Cheers for that. And cheers for coming on. Looking forward to talking about it. So I suppose we can kick off right from, I suppose, let's keep it to the football at the start, where it's relatively positive the new in terms of where we're going and, and where we're starting. Um, the Red Star game, and obviously that review is, is a, a performance. Um, David Pollock, we'll come to your, yourself first. Obviously, we, we had Red Star... Um, good result, great result at Ibrox actually. Um, kept the clean sheet. Still baffles me that that game finished three nothing um, to, to Rangers. But obviously, we then go over to what, what definitely appeared like a cauldron over there in Belgrade. And I know a few boys that were actually over there who um, were saying it was it was quite tasty in the stadium as well. So I obviously would go over there um, and and get the 
the result in the end over the two legs that, that we wanted, but managed to to lose the game. I remember listening to the podcast previewing it for yourself, Davey, and you said it would maybe be one each, so you won the far away. Well, I was within three minutes of that. Uh, I mean, into the lines then, that was, wasn't it? And I had to keep reminding myself, we're three nil up, we're three nil up, you know, because as I was looking at the TV screen through my fingers, it was, uh, <laughs> the first half was, was hairy. Uh, so, but the, you got to hand it to the guys, they got the, the, the job done. Although I would say we, we kind of, I, I don't want to use the term we rode our luck because we, we probably got the result we deserved in the end, but uh, obviously better second half, but certainly the first half. Alan McGregor, God bless him. You know, I know we've, uh, I've, I've certainly had my doubts about Alan this season, but he certainly made me eat my words. It was uh, some of the stops were the first half fantastic. The one that he tipped over, you know, he's got his diving save, tipping it around the right-hand post. Oh, I was uh, I was pacing the floor like a caged tiger by this point. So, but we, when the goal went in, I was pretty confident that you know if we could were to score, then uh, that would that would seal it for us. And and pretty much that's the way it turned out. But even when we'd scored, you know, I, I continued to pace the floor, but. In the end, you know, the game, I think, obviously, is you wouldn't say that they gave up, but you would certainly see when the goal went up, there was just a, a maybe a, a kind of drop 10% for them. They, they, they ran it to the end, but uh, that goal made all the difference, say. So, and, you know, going there with the 3-0 result, uh, fantastic. Over the two legs, you know, we're, we've done it. God, it's yeah. uh, happy days. Uh, without a doubt, and yet you touch on some really good points there, and I, I totally agree. Um, before the the game at home against Red Star, I was remarking about um, Alan McGregor being finished, and I got I got it tight when I went back on the bus after the game for how well he performed. And a uh, second leg also um, unbelievable. Um, but you always kind of feel, I think, with this Rangers team, particularly away from home in Europe, that they've, they've got a goal in them, um, particularly with Ryan Kent on the break and. Uh, it was it was important. I think you're, you're spot on what you said. That next goal in that game was massive because if Red Star would have managed to come out and get that in, in the second half, and to be fair, they were they were testing it. But as soon as you as we scored, the, it, it sort of dipped from there. Um, Steve, what about yourself? What, what were you thinking in terms of um, overall the, the the sort of two legs? What's your assessment? Do you, do you think that we deserve to to get through? Yeah, I think I think we do. Um... It was obviously, there were two tight games. I mean, the 3-0 at Ibrox, with hindsight, I mean, well, before the game, everybody would have took the 3-0. But I think 3-0 was probably what we needed to go across there because, I mean, you could see in the game at Ibrox that they were a threat. Um, and obviously we had the, the VAR calls that went our way, correctly went our way. But, you know, they were, they were, they were pretty tight. There was, I think there was one in particular. I was in the family stand and... Um, Obviously, it was happening at the other end of the pitch, but you could, you know, you could just tell it was really tight. Um, usually, the fans in line might all, all kind of up and roar if they think it's offside, and you could see there was a bit of trepidation. Um, but yeah, I just have to mention Tab's penalty. We were sitting just behind, and I thought it was over the bar. So did you see when he hit it? I was like, no, and then everybody was jumping. I was like, yeah, um, aye, one of the best penalties I've seen. You just don't save them. And then um, I, I think I had built up the second leg to be really difficult in my head because I thought if they get an early goal, you know, we're really going to be under the cosh. And then 
I don't know if I'd built it up so much to be such a difficult game. I, I was actually pretty calm in the second leg. Like once they got their goal in ten minutes, um, like loads of my mates were saying that like they, they really felt as a tight gamer. I don't know if it was just McGregor gave me so much confidence. Um, and then when we get in one 0 at half time, I was pretty confident we were definitely getting through. And as uh, Davy touched there, as soon as our goal went, I think you could see there was a definite sort of drop off in Red Star. Um, and I might have been one of the only Rangers fans, by the way, that was shouting for the penalty at the end because I'd over two goals as a bet. So, uh, you know, a, a penalty in the 92nd minute, I just thought that, that'll see the bet as a winner. So I was pretty chuffed all round, to be honest. Um, but yeah, great performance over the two legs. I knew they weren't going to be any mugs. Spoke to a couple of guys that were Liverpool fans. And I think Red Star, I think there was about six or seven of the players in that team had a good result against Liverpool a couple of years ago. So, yeah, we move on. Brilliant result over two legs. Aye, definitely. No, I, I agree. I think we, we, I wouldn't say we were massively comfortable across the, the two legs at all times. I think there was obviously moments where you're sitting watching it and you're thinking, hmm, this is going to be interesting, particularly the VAR decisions. But i very proud of the team for, for what they've done. Um, Davey, Tomlinson, come to your, yourself in terms of the the sort of next stages of the Europa League. Obviously, we've been... Um, Showing our path to Seville potentially. Um, I'm very confident that 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 will progress. Um, overly confident probably, but I'm daring to dream. Um, but obviously mm-hmm. we have we have Braga. Um, up next, one of our sort of old teams that we've that we've faced, and potentially Atalanta or Leipzig, both very dangerous opposition. Obviously, what's your thoughts on on the draw? Well. I think Braga was a team that we were all wanting uh, to to get in the, before the draw, so I think that worked out okay. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have liked... I, I suppose for the show, Barcelona and teams like that would have been great, but if you want to get to Seville, I don't mind beating Barcelona in the final. That that would be the... That would be the... Although it would be a home game for them, virtually. But... Um, no, I think uh, Stevie says uh, he was wanting the penalty at the end up. I think that was just to stop Davy Pollock getting the, the result right uh, at that time. And the other thing about the about the the uh, the Red Star game was I'm I was I was crap myself the whole game. I, I was surprised people still had toilet rolls over for to use on Saturday or Sunday. But um, no, it was. Uh, I, I think we've. We've got a good chance to beat Braga, and I don't know an awful lot about Atlanta, although Italian football is it? I don't think they're that great at the moment, Italian football, so they don't seem to be world beaters anymore like they were in the old days. But hopefully, hopefully we can get there. And then we can see how many million, trillion supporters we can get, maybe, maybe beat Celtic with their million and trillion supporters. I think it's it's for me that obviously we need to deal with Braga very much like they said we needed to deal with, with Red Star. Um I think Braga, you know, we obviously know them, we know we know them. I think we've improved since then, although we're missing Haji, who obviously conquered them. Um but I think that if I remember that obviously the the first game out the game against them the last time, 
Um, they obviously kind of pounded us for 60 minutes and then we obviously then took over the rest of that game and and then done a number on them with Ryan Kent scoring obviously in Braga. I thought Braga were really poor that night actually in Portugal. So I do think, you know, when they've lost the likes of Trincao, who was obviously one of their main players, who's, who's obviously moved on, he's at Wolves now. So I think they've lost a couple of good players there. I'm not up to speed in terms of who they've brought in. Um, but you get to the quarterfinals, you know, it's it's not going to be anybody that's going to be a walkover, but certainly, as you say, Davey there, it was probably the draw that you wanted to look at as giving us the best chance of going through, um, particularly when you've touched on Barca there, particularly when you're watching Barca dismantle Real Madrid 4-0 at the weekend, so um, quite happy to have avoided them at the minute. They look like a kind of form team, but Davey, Paul, what about yourself? What's your thoughts on the um, the sort of pathway um, to to Seville, are you dreaming like myself, or are you uh, realistic about our opportunities here? Uh, well, I, I I try to uh, keep it realistic, but you know the, the dreamer in me says, you know, I've already got you know the the final rehearsed in my head and who will score, and you know you go through all that shit. But I mean, it was the ideal uh, draw in terms of Braga because you know I was punching the air at that, particularly especially you know being away first the first leg. I think that's just probably the ideal scenario. You know, if it goes to extra time penalty kicks, at least we've got that at Ibrox. But the Braga, uh, the interesting thing is that, you know, they were in Red Star's group. So Reds, they they haven't beaten Red Star in two attempts. So, I mean, you would say on paper, we've got uh, the measure, we should have the measure of them. But obviously it's uh, not on paper, it's on grass. So, and, and we'll see what that brings us. But as you said, you know, they've lost a couple of players fourth in the Portuguese league, they should be within our reach. So, I mean, if it depends on what Rangers turn up, really, isn't it? But we, we should have enough. To, it'll be a, be a close match. It'll be a close match. But obviously, the having the away tie first is my preference. I don't know what Gio and the team think, but certainly for, for my own sanity, getting the second line back at Ibrox. You know, as long as we uh, keep it sensible, you know, and we, if we can reproduce the performance we put into Braga last time, you know, we will we, we'll be a uh, sunshine and lollipops, you know, and, and take it back to Ibrox to to do what we we can do. It's not to say what we will do because they, you know, and thinking back to the the Braga game when we played them last time, the, the first half particularly that game, they, they actually roasted us. And you're thinking, gosh, we didn't have to put another ball on the pitch to give us a touch here. But Rangers then kind of grew into it, and I think. Uh, it's a kind of confidence thing. Once we get the first goal, you're thinking, you know, we can do this. And, and, and Joe Aribo did his wee uh, shilly-shally. And then the, the final goal was just nuts. But, uh, so I'm hopeful that, that as in the semi-final, no agonising over that too much. I mean, I did watch a, a Atlanta play uh, Manchester United in the Champions League earlier in the year when, and for the game in Italy. And uh, they looked a decent side, you know. They were uh, they were going at Manchester United. Obviously, Manchester United uh, put, eventually put them out, but they uh, you know they looked a decent side, you know. There's no, there's no dummies left, and and you know the eight teams to go. So it's it's really for me dependent on what Rangers, you know, and then the, if we get to Seville, you know, that just yeah, dream come true stuff, eh? Ah, you brilliant! Know. You've got a dream, man. Like I, I think that, especially after the last few years, ah. Uh, kind of misery everything the pandemic you know you've got to just get in drive into the seat and you and go like you know what 
let's see what happens. I mean, just to give you a bit of insight to where my head's at, I've I booked um, Braga today for myself and my son, um, and I've also booked um, routes for both semi-finals. So if we if we get to um, Atlanta, then I've booked that for fifteen pound or something from Manchester, and if we get Leipzig, I've booked um, Berlin for about twenty-two quid. So I've tried to jump jump the bandwagon. So for through, um, I'm there. I've not told my wife that I'm going yet, but um, I'll speak to her about that at some point. But I. Um, I, I, I'm just really confident, you know, that we can that we can get there. But we'll see what happens, you know. Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be tricky. But Steve, I'll come to yourself in terms of um, a wee thought that I had, basically reminiscent of 2008. We obviously played a Portuguese team in the quarterfinals, an Italian team um, in the semi-finals, and there's no Russians left as we know. So, um, what's your thoughts on that in terms of fate? Yeah, I, I don't. Obviously, there's some similarities because of the um, the countries and the teams are coming from, but I, I feel we're kind of uh, attacking this Euro- Europa League campaign differently for 2008. 2008 was all seemed to be proper hanging on, didn't it? But I mean, this team, I just always think we've got goals in us. Um, my personal preference, I would actually like them at Ibrox first um, and try to get another sort of two or three goal lead. I'm not that I'm saying I'm, I'm taking it for granted because. Um, obviously what they've done to us in the first hour of the, the last game and also team fourth in the Portuguese league on any mugs but my sort of memory of them is that they're pretty flaky see when the crowd got behind Rangers that night they did not fancy it um, so that's why I wanted Ibrox first I, I would like to think that the sort of fans went with that, with that attitude and really really got behind the team made it quite intimidating and if it's the majority of the team that played a few years ago, I think we could really have got at them. Um, as far as sort of semi-final route goes, uh, by the way, that's a bargain for the tickets, Chris. I might have to get the, the link off you for that. Um, you could actually take the misses at 15 quid. That could be our uh, birthday, but um, I think I mean, I would put us as slight favourites for the, the Braga tie. I would have my reservations against Atalanta and Leipzig, but yes, we'll cross that bridge if and when we get to it. Aye, definitely. They're, they're both good sides, um, as will Braga be, but confident in, in watching this team in Europe and probably less confident at the minute, as you could imagine. Obviously, we got the result um, at the weekend away to Dundee, but the, the confidence of watching Rangers uh, domestically at the minute is is probably not the same for myself. Um, I travelled to the game um, at the weekend there and aye, the, the performance obviously wasn't great, but we managed to, to get the result. Um, in the end, there was a lot of chopping and changing, um, particularly at half time. Um, a bit of confusion for me in terms of the shape, but we were trying today. But um, yeah, we, we managed to obviously get the result. It was a massive relief um, when Goldson popped up. We we the winner. Don't get us wrong. I felt that there was parts of that game that we, we did do well and dominate in sort of short spells. But it was it was one of those afternoons that it was just really important to get the three points. But Davey, Paul, we'll come to yourself. I don't know what you're thoughts were on uh, the game at the weekend, obviously managing to get back into, you know, domestic form and, and, and keep the kind of winning going but what was your thoughts over the, the, the piece for the weekend? Well, it, it seems to be that we've just got into a habit of shooting ourselves in the foot first half, you know, conceding the first goal mm-hmm. giving them a lift, giving them something to defend uh, the first half wasn't brilliant <coughs> we missed the penalty we won a tabs in the top corner just to uh, we just need to adjust his, his sight a wee touch, but 
Hey, oh, but yes, I was hopeful, I mean, bordering on confident that we would do Dundee. Dundee are not a good side, but they were stuffy. We were missing. We weren't creating too many chances first half, but the corrections which were made at the second half, you know, we were going at them. And I'm thinking that Rangers have to score here. We have to eventually pop one in. You know, there's it's just all going one way here. So, I mean, we did eventually grind out the, the result and, and that's really the most important thing it's because the, the second half performance, which was much better, obviously, you know, with the, the, the changes that Gio made, uh, but we did leave it a wee bit late because, you know, I'm thinking 10 minutes to go, I'm thinking surely not another draw. I mean, death by a thousand draws here. So we but big corner and God knows why he was still up there, but it, he kind of hung about because I think he was realising that you know that the ball wasn't going wasn't probably wasn't receiving it at his end far too much. So he said, "Well, but was well hanging about here," and, and sure enough, the ball kind of broke to him because eh? it's come off come out of ball, and he, and it was a nice composed finish with Big Connor as well. You know, he didn't try and launch it into space. It was just a wee uh, knock past the keeper, but thank Christ for that because. Uh, the result was absolutely crucial because had we gone into this break, you know, and, and dropped any more points, gosh, I think we would have been a, much wailing and gnashing of teeth, mostly by me, to be honest. But uh, which kind of takes us, you know, into the, the, the game against them, you know, and, and it's still in our own hands. So get ourselves uh, sorted for that. Uh, get the attitude correct because you, you can't fault their efforts. And, and Sunday in the second half, you know, the guys were at it, at it, at it. And so eventually that paid off against the Dundee side. And I think there'll be more games where this season it's, it's not going to end there for them and for us, where it's going to be tight and it's going to be see right. Who's got the bottle for it? Who hasn't? So we're going to find out in only, you know, the seven games to go. So. Uh, it's, I think it will go to the wire. It's, it's going to go all the way. I think crucially it will be depending on when we play them for the the last old term game. So because I think that they, they're obviously going to play that early on in, in the last five fixtures because they'll want it out of the way. But I, I don't think it, it, it necessarily needs to be because it is so tight. Then it, it may be you know that the that will be the the middle game of the five. Who knows what, what the SPFL think? But yeah, so no, but it's all in our own hands and. and and it's up to us. We've got looking good though that other players are coming back into the squad. You know, Ramsey's uh, is beginning to make appearances. Uh, so we'll see how his international break goes because I'm hoping that uh, we, a player of that standard can make a contribution and, and take some of the slack because obviously with the schedule we've got in April, it's just mental. Ah, uh, it's very busy, um, and I think you know you, one of the kind of negatives obviously are going on these deep runs in Europe um, is, is certainly the squad being stretched and we've, I think we've all commented on this at one point that this Rangers team actually do look better when they or usually look better when they're playing a lot of football but we've never seen under Gerard, we've never seen them get by the round that we just have navigated and potentially by the next one which is doable as we've established with Braga so it'll be interesting to see the impact that that does have you know, on on the squad, so um, I, I don't actually blame Gio for sort of rotating the way he did, obviously on Sunday and trying different players out. I think Ramsey getting the goal was important. I thought for 
Um, personally, for a, for a sort of maybe about fifteen minutes in that game, no, it's not much. But Ramsey really ramped it up in terms of you know passing, linking the play, movement, trying to get into spaces. And although um, it finished probably wasn't the cleanest one, it was being in the right place, obviously at the right time. And I think that's what Aaron Ramsey's made a career out of. You know, he's just sort of arriving in the box at the right time. So, ah, if he can, I think again. Most Rangers fans have remarked this, but if we can get Aaron Ramsey up to you know a certain level of fitness, he'll be massive for for that running. Um, so, aye, it was. It, we'll see how it goes, but it was it was tough. It was a tough kind of watch, but at the end of the day, it's all about getting those victories. Um, what about yourself, Davy? Um, what did you think of the the game at the weekend? And um, probably a wee thing that I wanted to think about was was Gio's subs and his changes um, in terms of impacting the game. What was your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, if I can just cover the Aaron Ramsey first. Uh, there was a thing in, in Follow Follow that asking if he should bend the team for the Celtic game. In my original, I thought right away so he wasn't very good in Sunday against Dundee. But then I watched back. I watched the game back, and he was actually really influential in, in a lot of things that Rangers were doing. And he had a, he had about four or five good shots at goal, two headers, I remember. And a couple of shots at goal as well, but the keeper done well to save him. So it was pretty influential in, in the game. And it, a lot of good moves, started a lot of good moves as well. The only thing that let him down was uh, his attempt to get the ball at the goal in the, in the second minute, was it? The, I don't know what he was doing. He kept flicking out his leg to try and touch the ball or something like that, instead of just making sure the guy didn't cross it. But um, no, that, that's, uh, that, that's the one thing. Uh, about the substitutes, well, it, it, it seems to be keeping making good substitutes the last wee while. In the beginning, I always thought he was he was being too defensive. There was about I think there was about sixty five minutes left at times, and he was bringing on defensive when we were one up. He was bringing on defensive the players to just to stay out the game, and a lot of times it worked against us because we lost a goal and. I think that was in the draw period where we we lost all the points due to the draws. Um, but the last wee while, and uh, Roof, he he seems to be becoming a super sub, doesn't he? Every time he comes on, he's uh, he sets the game alight. And obviously, Ramsey's goal was was a header from him that the keeper pushed on to to Ramsey. So no, his substitutes are uh, are, are really good, and it, it showed a lot of guts to, to take off uh, defenders and put on attackers in their place because you've got a chance that then the other team break away and, and score. Um, but no, he's it's, 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 can't really uh, say anything about his, uh, his substitutes up to now. He's, he's, he's really good and then they pulled out the, the winning game. But talking about Connor Golson, I, I think that somebody said that uh, Gio told him to stay forward at the end up it wasn't a, a thing that he just did but he was told to, to, to get up more front and and I think Connor Golson I, I think I heard as well that he he used to be a centre forward when he when he started his, uh, his career so possibly to do with that as well he certainly he, he doesn't shirk at taking goals anyway because he seems to be stay quite calm when he, when he takes a a chance, um, but no, it's. I mean, real. We really had to go for it at the end up. If, if, we, if we drop more points now, then it's uh, then it's then it's the league's finished. I think. 
Aye, I think it's it's all about momentum at this stage, isn't it? And kind of keeping that momentum going. And um, Goldson's goals were actually huge um, last season. If you remember, he scored quite a barrel load for a defender. So, aye, it, it was it was a it was massive to kind of come up with. It. Obviously, we've got a countdown now of of the league games. Steve, what's your thoughts on? We're going to obviously come on and, and, and discuss April in a wee bit more depth right enough in terms of the games in there. But just in terms of the amount of fixtures, obviously there's not a lot of league games to go. But when you think about the actual pile-up of Europa League and the cup fixtures, what's your thoughts on on the squad in, in that regard and kind of taking that sort of countdown to league games forward? Uh, yeah, as you said, it's been mentioned before and I'm, I'm a big believer in this. That I think the Rangers team and squad do better with the sort of continuously playing games. I think the best um, football we played last year was when we were in the Europa League groups and obviously, you know, maybe a third of the way through the season. The only thing that would worry me slightly about that is that I think that can, I think that's proven to be true earlier on in the season, but we've not had this kind of run of games, you know, this late in the seasons with the games coming so thick and fast. So I guess it's just a case of buckling and, Hold on tight, isn't it? It's, uh, just about every game now is massive. It's just, just looking at the April games, it's like, whoa. Um, just one big game rolling on to another. It, see, just talking about the Dundee game, um, I give Gio massive credit for uh, dropping Lundstrom back into a back three at, um, for the second half because Hollander looked so uncomfortable on that pitch. Um, which, well, I mean, the pitch was, it was an absolute disgrace. I don't think any pass in the first half, um, you know, we played a lot of sideways football in the first half, and um, but it just slows the game down so much. You know, the centre-halves are passing it to Taver, whatever, it's like ankle height, knee height by the time he gets it, so they've got to take a touch. You know, so a lot of the focus is on actually getting a good touch of the ball, whereas if you're playing on a nice surface, the ball comes to you, you're probably always looking up, seeing what they're going to do with the ball next, and um, uh, I mean, half time. Honestly, I, I had visions. I thought the league was nearly done. So, give them massive credit for the character in the second half. Um, see, it was just one of them games. You know, the fifth or sixth minute, that cross for the Dundee player. I don't think he meant that, but it took all the defenders out. It took the goalkeeper out, dropped right in at the back post, and then you've got a sort of six foot defender challenging Ryan Kent for two yards out, and it just had the feeling of one of those days. Um, and, uh, you know, the goals in the second half, goals and great finish. But if you, if you watch the replay of Ramsey's goal, he's the only person in that box who's reacting. And he was actually in quite a lot of space by the time he put it in because everybody else stood and watched what he was doing. So he actually had a bit of time. It obviously hit off his chest and he kind of bundled it in. But that's, the, that's how I associate Aaron Ramsey with, you know, when you, when you watch him playing for Arsenal, it's making wee runs into the back post and just getting wee square balls and everything. Very intelligent footballer. Um, I wasn't at the game, Chris, so maybe you could... I think you can always tell a bit better in person how fit they look because you're obviously only seeing them on the TV when they've got the ball or been involved in it. Um, but, yeah, they had a few class touches. Um, what did everybody else think of the penalty? I, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm happy if that's given against my team. Um, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was right in front of me and obviously I shouted for it and thought he'd, he'd obviously had the shirt pull but when you watch it back um, you, you kind of see Morelos sort of pulling first but 
I think if you're going to give the penalty, um, it needs to be a red card because there's no intent to play the ball. So um, I am taking it, especially with some of the decisions that we're seeing in other places. I'm going to take what you can get at the minute because uh, the refereeing decisions across Scotland just now are totally baffling. Um, just on your point about Ramsey, I'll let any of the guys come in, whoever wants to, in regarding the penalty. But um, I thought first half he looked really sluggish at times, like he just looked a wee bit behind the pace. But second half... I don't know if you kind of felt this watching it on TV, but there was a, a spare in the game from probably about 65 minutes onwards for maybe about 15 minutes. The Rangers were just dominant. They just were unbelievable and Dundee never even get anywhere near them. And Aaron Ramsey was massive within that period of time. His movement was great. His touches were great. He was passing balls around the corner. He's a, he was arriving into the box. And I think sometimes you see this with other players. I think he was arriving into spaces that the likes of Sakala and stuff when they're picking up. Um, and I think he was probably a wee bit ahead of the curve sometimes in terms of his mind and where his movement was. But um, I thought for that 15-minute spell, but he was great. Davey, Paul, what about yourself? Do you think it was a pen? Uh, yes, I think if, you, if he's... Because, I mean, Katic at Parkhead, would that say, if that's a penalty, then uh, certainly put Tug and Morales is a penalty. So if, if you're going to be consistent, then uh, no, it's a penalty. Pulling in his shirt, it's, uh, it doesn't have to... There's no uh, rule tells you he has to pull it this hard to, to get the penalty. He pulled the shirt, so yeah. I'm not so sure about the red card, though, because I think if Morelis doesn't have, you know, a, a, he's not in control of the ball, then it doesn't. it's not necessarily a red card. Right. So, because there is no goal-scoring opportunity as such, but the, he has been fouled. So, no, but in terms of Arne Ramsey, I think that uh, Steve's pointed out, you know, at, the, at his goal, he seemed to have, uh, you know, much like uh, Red 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 Stars goals last Thursday, where the, the guy gets two touches in in the box, which is fairly congested. When you know Rangers should have had someone far closer to him, but uh, Anne Ramsey had had managed to create some space, or he he found the space in the box, and and the ball arrived, and he just kind of bundled it over the line. So for me, that tells you Anne Ramsey's clearly, uh, as you said, maybe just a wee bit ahead of the curve. And, and with some of the other guys on the pitch, but the the pitch itself was is absolutely disgraceful. Absolutely, I mean professional football. No wonder we have uh, problems selling our game, you know, and, and and attracting TV money for for Scottish football when it's condoned that teams will will deliberately not water the pitch for it for some sort of sporting advantage. There should be some sort of standard in play or some inspection of, of whatever's required, whether something should be done. There should be tighter regulations on the pitch because, as Steve's also pointed out, you know, that the passing, there's, you'll never be able to play one-touch football on a, on a pitch like that because your first, you know, the first thought is to control the ball as it's passed to you, which might, might, not, might require more than one touch just to get control of the ball. So... No, the, the pitch was absolutely shocking, and and if when you think about they do that deliberately, it's uh, it's it's pretty pish to be honest. So. See, like I'm I'm a massive uh, sort of sort of person that argues against the three G and four G pitches in Scotland, and I actually think when the two of the teams that went down with the pitches this year, I think everybody should have got together and got the eleven to one vote to say we don't have them. But, you see, if I was the chairman of Hamilton, Livingston, Kilmarnock now, and we had an SPFL meeting and they were wanting me to rip the pitch up, I was like, 
fucking see the Dundee and St. Johnson pitched last season because St. Johnson was just as bad. So it actually gives a bit of sort of weight to the argument to keep the artificial pitches, which I, I hate, but I think I would probably take it over that, that pitch on Sunday. But, I mean, I'm, I don't know much about pitches or whatever, but was that just due to not watering? Because it, it just looked, it was like so rutted, it was unbelievable. The wee chappy who does the, the Footy Adventures uh, vlog on uh, on YouTube, so he was at the game on Sunday and he, he made a comment, you know, look at the, the condition of this pitch. And he said, I was actually at a game uh, on the Saturday, the day before, a second division game in England. And he then brings up a picture of the standard of the pitch of a second division game in England. Of the, They're playing in a bowling green. And then he flicks back to Dens Park where, you know, the top division in Scotland are playing on, on something which is, uh, resembles concrete. It hasn't been rolled. Hasn't they haven't watered the pitch, and that's that doesn't happen by accident. So they're obviously trying to you know create a level. So yeah, just it's it's not it's done by some of it's done by design. You know, obviously, well not there's not too far. The game was in the north of England. I think it was Cumbria. So I mean, there's got to be 150 miles between the end and the. The weather's not going to have that much of a an influence on it. See, I mean, I, I'm surprised that referees don't have like a minimum standard. You know, like we're not saying every pitch has to be a bowling green, but you would have thought when referees do their sort of pitch inspection before the game, you know, if it's waterlogged or it's frozen, they obviously call it off. Now, there must be an element of player safety on that pitch. It looked, it honestly looked like they were running on corrugated iron. It was horrendous. And, I, you know, I would have thought referee turns up, whatever, half past one, does his pitch inspection, this pitch needs water on it. Um, you know, or arrives two hours before the game, and and they must stipulate that pitches have got to be in at least a safe condition. Or, if, I mean, it's, I know it's probably not really up to referees for the standard of product you're watching, but geez, that is tedious. You know, see if that was not Rangers playing that game, and I'd switched that on in the first half. You turned it off. <laughs> I'd have been out doing the gardener. I think so, they. You know, I mean, it was horrendous. The the irony um, was not lost when they tried to turn the sprinklers on about seventy minutes um, in the middle of the in the middle of the game, and I think I mean I'm not sure why that happened. That seemed to be a tactical move on somebody's part, but they slowed down the the, the speed of the game. But aye, the pitch the pitch wasn't great um, at all, and something that's probably divided opinion actually in the game. Um, and I'll come to yourself for this, um, David Tomlinson, in a second, but. Um, was the protest over the friendly. It's obviously divided um, opinion. I know certainly within the, the stand at the game, the initial protest um, at the start of the game probably didn't have any sort of negative reactions. I think there was an understanding that there was something going to happen. I think the general consensus within the Rangers support that the friendly is a terrible idea. Um, and there wasn't a, a sort of understanding within the away section something was happening that day. Um, so obviously... For, for those that don't know, um, there was sort of toilet roll went on, tennis balls stopped the start of the game. Um, but it then continued on, obviously, into the second half and the reaction from the away stand and the, the away fans was very much mixed, I think, with that one because we were very keen to get on with the game as with the players. Um, and we could sense a number of players were unhappy with the 
you know, that happening again, particularly Alan McGregor and Conor Goldson looked um, particularly annoyed and frustrated because they were very keen to get the second half started. So just keen to hear people's thoughts on on the protest in, in terms of that w- within the park. Um, and we'll come on to sort of board stuff as well because there's been um, some comments out today in regards to infighting, it looks like, between people who previously sat on the Rangers board and people who are currently sitting on the Rangers board in terms of statements. So, David Tomlinson, I'll come to yourself just for your thoughts on on that matter. It's obviously an important matter for the club. Well, this is probably the most important time of the season. And for me to, listen, have a protest, make up songs or whatever, the, 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 the board, against the board, do anything, but why are we... Uh, in the most important time of the season, why are we, we, we interrupting play? Okay, before the game, before the kickoff, throw your toilet rolls on. But they waited till they were all cleared, and then another barrage came down, and and they had to clear away that again. And then, as you say, the, the second half started. I mean, we were chasing the game as well at, at that point, and and we still still they they they, they do this protest. And I, I could quite understand it. The players were, were were really boiling, to be honest, because I was. And yeah, I don't. I just don't see the point of of, of interrupting the game. And I mean, there's it, probably the same guys that are going to be be kicking up hell if Rangers lose the league, and yet they're they're, they're interrupting the game and they're doing everything they can really to to, to stop the players uh, doing their job. Uh, it was, as I said, there was a definite marked difference in terms of the fan reaction um, second half. And you've hit the nail on the head there as to, to why, you know, there's there's a lot bigger things um, in that second half that we were trying to get on. But, you know, people are, have obviously got different views on that one. David Pollock, what about yourself? What's your thoughts on the protests within the game and also some of the board, boardroom statements and stuff that's circulating at the minute? Hey, well, in terms of the protest, I, I would... For the people who organised the protest, I would pretty much say uh, mission accomplished because if it was to get it on the agenda and get people talking about it, then they certainly achieved that. Uh, and, and as for the players, you know, I, I'm not 100% comfortable, you know, with McGregor, you know, telling the Rangers supporters they're fucking assholes because, you know, in terms of, you know, a two or three minute delay, is, are, are they so fragile that, that this is going to be a, a huge issue for them? Then uh, I just don't get that. So the game went on, it was seven minutes and the Rangers ended up getting the result anyway. So what what was the problem? Obviously the second one, you know, you're beginning to test people's patience, you know, when you're doing it for the second time. I, I get that. But uh, no harm done for me. I mean, obviously we wouldn't want to go through that every week, but they certainly achieved the aim because it was, it was to get that subject uh, discussed, highlight it to the board, highlight it to the press, you know, so mission accomplished for me. I mean, if they were to do it, trot it out every week, you'd be saying, right, lads, come on, how, draw, draw in just a tad. So, no, I, I, the friendly thing is is, a, is a, just a disaster. And, and today's, you know, exchange of wee statements, I, I honestly despair that, you know, because the two sets of, of normal, intelligent people, you know, and, and with the, the statement ding-dong doesn't get this, this could be sorted around a table somewhere. In, in maybe an hour or two with a cup of coffee or even a beer, whatever it takes, because uh, pulling on a knot is just uh, counterproductive and 
the Nana Nana statement, you know, exchange doesn't get us anywhere. We, we need to be a wee bit more grown up about it. But I think the Rangers board, for me, have a case to answer here because, you know, we've we've not heard a there's been silence from the announcement of of you know the the Aussie friendly. And then within hours of, of Club 1872 giving us a statement today, you know, highlighting that issue and, and a number of other things, you know, within hours we're getting a statement from Rangers, which which I thought, you know, they should have, that looks like it came out in anger. I just wish they hadn't done it. You know, why don't they just pick up the phone to Club 1872 and say, could we have a chat and get them in the room and then call them all the assholes if you want. The wee public uh, statement thing, Jesus. We're adults. Can we have a chat about it, please? That that's pretty much my view. We don't have to do this in public and flog one another and make ourselves look like dafties. There's going to be a solution here. So let's get round the table and thrash it out. I must admit, must admit the the statement was bizarre. It was a sort of throwback of the previous sort of statements that Jim Trainer used to put out. It was um, very bizarre. But I, uh, what was your thoughts, Steve, on? Um, on things regarding protests and um, strange statements. Uh, right, so I'm going to try and take this in a wee bit of order of um, how, like, from the least pissed off that I am with them to the most pissed off. So, least pissed off with the guys that done the protest on um, at the weekend. I think the first one probably got behind. Second one probably got behind. Uh, the one after half time. Um, I'd never actually thought about it before, but I agree with what David uh, David was saying there about McGregor um, saying fucking arseholes. I think that's um, uncalled for. But I do, I can see the frustration because it felt like we knew the second half was a big half of football and it just felt like it disrupted, uh, you know, us trying to build momentum. But, you know, the board have brought this on themselves because I know umpteen people that have emailed Rangers about this um, I'm even going to call it a friend with this game in Australia and have zero response. So if you keep ignoring people, uh, they're going to have to take their protest out in another way. Of course, um, they're fucking very quick to respond to Club 1872 because it was, they, you can maybe see that as an attack on the board. Um, and I don't think he, Club 1872 come out with any credit either, to be honest with you. I'm fucking raging with Club 1872 and Rangers board about this. Um, this is the m- most important time of the season um, and they should be both behaving with a bit more uh, professionalism. Um, no need for any of the statements. As David said, pick up the phone to each other. Fucking argue as much as you want. I could not care. But now the narrative is that there is ongoing wars at Rangers. Um, and I'm quite frankly, I'm not taking any sides with it. Um, I'm raging about the, the game in Australia, um, but I, I think Club beating 72, they pretty much lost all credibility in my eyes, to be honest. I think, I mean, I used to contribute to them, but it just felt like constantly you were, you were um, hearing about infighting at them as well. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to leave it at that, but I'm uh, raging um, with everybody. I'm slightly annoyed about the protest, but raging with everything else. Aye, no, I'd, I would agree with a lot of what you've said there. You know, I think 
the, the friendly is an absolute shambles um, of a decision and the club need to address that very quickly or they might start, you know, really feeling an impact in the summer or a pinch in the summer for the, you know, the actual people who put lots of money within the club. So we'll see, see how it goes, but a decision needs to be made very quickly for me on, on that regard. So obviously we, we've had the, the domestic football um, and we're, we're getting into now an international break um, where uh, Aaron Ramsey was, is obviously going to be, be featuring for Wales amongst other players. So in, in that we have a Legends game. Um, at the weekend, Davy Pollock, I know you are um, attending, um, potentially attending the game at the weekend, as am I. Um, looking forward to, to seeing some of the legends, obviously Rangers legends coming back. Looking forward to seeing the, you know, the likes of Lewis Figo and stuff um, at Ibrox. And also looking forward to giving my heart and anxiety a wee bit of a break for, for a week before we deal with the madness. But what's your, uh, what's your thoughts for the weekend? Are you looking forward to... The game, David. Yeah, what an update. Uh, you know, s- some exhibition matches through, and some are good. Some are, they, they are what they are, and but it's it's a good opportunity to get younger members along to the game. You know, in a kind of less frenzied environment. You know, where, and they can see you know genuine legends, which they'll be able to bum about in ten years, twenty years, and say, "Yeah, I was there when Kaka scored his hat trick." You know, so there's that element to you know it'd be just be a fun day, yeah. So, but the, I'm hoping that we can I can overcome all the nonsense of today and the falling out malarkey, which just shouldn't shouldn't be happening, uh, and get a positive atmosphere for the game on Saturday. So, you know, I've activated activated my season ticket, so I'll, I'll probably up in the club deck and uh, cheering them along. But it'll be good to see some of the Rangers legends. You know, which uh, and and I believe this match is for charity. So it's is it? I don't even really know if it's it's part of our 150th celebration or no. But is it? Because, I think uh, I think it is. I think it's part of that. I think there's a couple of charities um, at play that's potentially benefiting from it as well. Which I think is why quite a lot of the legends are quite high profile. Right, because I was I was at the game against Arsenal in 1973 when for the centenary game when we celebrated it in the wrong year, in, in true Rangers fashion. <laughs> but that night, in, uh, we had about 100 ex-Rangers players up on the pitch. So, and that was, for me, something which was, uh, I remember, and I was obviously quite young at the time, but uh, it's it something which, which kind of stuck with me, that there was players, and I think the oldest one had played for Rangers, so this was 1973, but he had played for Rangers in something like 1906. And he was, you know, he was well stricken in years by the time we got to 1973. But, you know, it was just awesome to think that, you know, we, we could look that far back and the guy was on was on the pitch and the, there was a, a range of players. There was almost a hundred of them on the pitch that day, you know, going through each of the decades, you know, of, of the, the 20th century, which was, which stuck in my mind, certainly. You know, I can't, I can't remember a thing about the game, to be honest. You know, Rad, I know John Radford scored for Arsenal kind of near the ends, but my memory of the game is is, is not huge. But uh, what stuck in my mind was that the players were on the pitch and the, the, the contents of the trophy room were on the pitch. And that's my abiding memory of that game. So it would have been nice to, try, I would have thought, to try and reproduce something like that. Obviously, the guys from AC Milan and Roberto Carlos, it would be great to see players of that, of that standing, you know, striding Ibrox Park, you know, so... Yeah, hopefully a good day out. Some of our own legends, you know, the Alberts and 
big George will be good to see him back in a, in a blue jersey. And Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, you know, guys. Fair doubt. I know. He's, he's probably still a player, to be fair, but um, I think... I'm hoping, he, I'm hoping he can mark it with one of these uh, 25-yard strikes into because uh, he, he scored some nice goals, Gio. I'm hoping he did. Saving one for Saturday. He definitely did, but I think when you look at the, the Rangers sort of legends, I saw um, Nikita Jelovic's name. Um, mentioned in like, what a player you know Jelovic was but then started to kind of give me the fear of what the next generation of Rangers legends are going to be like Kevin Kyle and um, you know Sebastian Foray and, and, and the links so uh, yeah. I don't think I don't think them legends games will settle out I think they'll need to milk Valberts for Alberts and Moles for a good few years before they, they get the next ones eh? I'm going to have to skip a generation there I suspect this <laughs> Without a doubt, without a doubt. Now I'm looking forward to it. Any of the rest of you guys going, Steve or um, David, you're going to be watching it on Rangers TV or is it one of these kind of things, Steve, that you're just um, just going to skip by? Um, no, but, sorry, there you go. Oh, sorry, David. Um, I'm I'm actually uh, working at the weekend, so I would miss it. Um, but it's the kind of, it is the kind of thing I like to take the wee man to because it just feels a bit more kind of relaxed. You know, he, he doesn't see his dad nearly having a heart attack. Um at these kind of games like he does in normal league games so I think he quite enjoys it uh, we went to the one a couple of years back remember when Gerard played for Liverpool, Liverpool. and then one for Rangers and uh, like I mean I don't follow anybody in English football but seeing Gerard in blue it, it just felt really weird you know not seeing him in a sort of a Liverpool strip but no I, I mean I think they're great so they do it as, he, as he's touched on for especially for kids getting to their first game kind of nice and relaxed atmosphere and there's, there's some big names on show, so I, I would have went if I wasn't working. But I think the big names is is something that my son's certainly looking forward to. Um, this is usually kind of people he gets out of FIFA icon packs and stuff like that. So um, looking forward to that. Just a shame that um, Haji probably couldn't join his dad on the parks. I know that he's um, going to be playing, but obviously Yanis uh, is injured. Uh, David, you're going to be watching it from over over abroad. Yeah, well, it's certainly something I I, I would watch and, and enjoy things like that, and yeah, uh, I, I just love watching anything to do with Rangers. Really, I, 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 if I get the chance, I do. I, I, I watch the, the 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 women's team regularly. I won't say every week, but I watch them regularly. Um, the 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 B team I watched the uh, the other day playing Celtic, and it was uh, Lowry. It's absolutely brilliant in that game. I don't know whether whether it's just such a bad level of football, but he was absolutely brilliant. Another guy, McCann, coming through. So that's a, that's maybe going to be the next layer of legends uh, that are coming through. So hopefully we'll forget all the dodgy names and uh, and get get into the real legends again, uh, like Ali and uh, Morelos. I think will be, become a legend over time. And no, they'll be like you said, Jelovic, uh, great, great player as well. I don't know if Amarezo's coming. He was another great player. Um, I'm sure. I've not saw his name, Big Amo's name, right enough. But um, I, it's a good point regarding um, Lowry. Actually, he looks a cracker, doesn't he? He's a great wee player. Very, very intelligent. Um, good result for 
for the B team. Um, but I am definitely not paying to go and watch Sandaz. I kick a ball at Ibrox again, so they'll, they'll definitely need to wait on Morelos, I think, yeah. before the day, before the day in a one. But no, it's good, mate. It's good to hear that you obviously tune into a lot of that stuff. I think I'd be the same if I was overseas. I would be probably trying to tune into as much as possible to keep that connection going. Yeah, yeah. I was th- I was thinking as well. What about Sable? Will Sable be coming? <laughs> <laughs> hey, his best performance was probably in a friendly. If you remember against Chelsea, it was probably the only time he looked half decent. The big man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, we'll he had him. heart. <laughs> That's one thing. Ah, he did. He had. He had that. But um, not sure he had much else. The old Sable. Um, but no, looking forward to it. I think it should be should be a good day. Good day for families. Hopefully. Um, a dry day as well and get used to the fan zones and stuff because I know there's a few things that the Rangers are obviously um, preparing so aye, a, a good kind of week to as I say reduce the, the heart rate um, chill out for a wee bit before the next game um, which is going to be massive in terms of the season I think um, pretty safe to say that it's a, a must win game against Celtic David Pollock will come to yourself um, just for a wee bit of I suppose what your thoughts are around that game, and and also just a brief touch on uh, April itself as a sort of mammoth month in terms of season defining. Well, I think as you mentioned earlier, Chris, momentum is key here, and I think we can get uh, the bandwagon rolling by putting in a solid performance and three points against them. That brings it back to goal difference. Uh, obviously we, we need to give their confidence a wee done uh, and this is the perfect opportunity to do it so we know what's required Geo has the squad we're hoping that all these guys will get to internationals and get back and everyone's fit and available you know. and then, then we go to work it's in our own hands we've got no one to, to blame but ourselves here if this goes pear-shaped so as long as we've got the, the correct fit squad with the correct attitude 50,000 behind us at Ibrox. Bring it on, I say. Bring it on. Aye, looking forward to it. That's what it's all about, to be fair. Um, very much, I think, as well, when you look at the last sort of 10 campaigns within the league, um, there hasn't been something that's meant that much in the game before. You know, it's usually always done. We up one at a canter last year. Um, and in previous years, obviously, it's went for them. So, aye, and huge. In terms of the... the, the the rest of the programme through April, I think I know it's going to be the old cliche, one game at a time, you know, but you're, hopefully, you know, with the, with the, the run of games, we, we, we have a depth of squad which should, should see us take a couple of couple of dunts should it be required, you know, whether it's be yellow cards or, or injuries. We, we should have the squad there to take care of that. And it's, uh, so you, you can notice us know we're going to have to go through a series of games here, all tough tests, but uh, this is the time, you know, when time to shine for me. You know, I don't think we shouldn't have anything to fear here. When, I mean, Braga should be within our reach. I mean, not, clearly the, the game can go either way, but they're within our reach. It's, it's, it's up to us. Same with, same with that lot. You know, are we capable? Any result is possible. But we have the squad. Let's just go do it. Let's make it happen, guys. So, and I'm I'm pretty confident, you know, that we should. Uh, we're we're not playing a uh, Real Madrid, or, or or maybe maybe not Real Madrid. Maybe it should be Barcelona. <laughs> we're not playing Barcelona, so I think uh, we should be confident. I, I don't see there's nothing 
that I would think that, that we should be fearing here. So it's, it's what we make of it. And I say, let's go. The one thing that, that worries me is that this, we seem to be really slow starters. Uh, against Dundee at the weekend, we were one behind before uh, the game kicked off virtually. Against Celtic the, at Parkhead, we were behind right away. Um, against Red Star, nine minutes, I think it was. We don't seem to waken up until we're a goal behind. And remember, we went through a, a lot of games that we were a goal behind before we, we, we get going. And I think that's something that Joe's got to uh, get get sorted because we, we, if we're going to be, if, if we go to uh, go to get Celtic at Ibrox and we lose, we lose a goal right away, it's going to make it an uphill struggle. So that's, that's the one thing that worries me and I hope and to God that, that we're waking up before we get out in the park. Yeah, no, I th- I think as well. Like, if we can, my thought for for the domestic form, particularly games against Celtic, is if we can bring the energy that we we tend to have brought in most of the European games. If we can bring that energy and desire and fight into that, it's a big game. So you're thinking mentality shift. It might it might be the same, you know, way of of doing that. Celtic are going to at times open up on us. They're not going to sit in. So fingers crossed, the players use that as a a sort of mentality shift because certainly they started well at the blocks and, and other games in Europe but I do take your point on that That in some of the games it's, it's a quite a slow start we can't afford to have that against them without a doubt Steve what's your thoughts on um, next week's game and just a wee touch on April itself which is as we said a huge month yep so uh, next game against Celtic I think I think Gio's probably learnt a little bit as well. I know he's played with them as a as a player, but it was his first one as manager. And when I sort of look back at that last game, I think there was a bit of confusion. The players never really looked like they, they knew what they were doing. At least I hope that was the case. Um, and I think if we turn up and we have sort of leaders in the team, sort of Lundstrom, Jack, etc., and they turn up the correct attitude and the correct application. I've got no no qualms about the game at all. If they turn up um, anything like they did in the last game, then it's going to be another long day. But I think everybody will learn for that, so I do. Um, for the rest of April, uh, yeah, I think every game's winnable. And I genuinely think it's all about what Rangers do. The only, the only sort of game that I would... Um, if we get that far, if we get through against Braga, I touched on earlier on, I think probably the, the teams we see in the semi-final, I would not have us as favourites for that. Um, but every other game, if we turn up, uh, correct energy, application, attitude on the day, I think we can win every game. I think you make a cracking point there, Steve, because a wee element, see on Thursday against Red Star, there was just a wee niggle in my head that you know we didn't know whether to stick or twist you know, we're obviously going in with a three-goal advantage and the game's kicking off and, and I just got the sense that, you know, we don't know whether we're going to go for this or we're going to be holding back. And, and I can think kind of we got, we got between two stools and I think that the same happened at Parkhead. So for me, I think Gio has to send these guys out with a clarity of purpose. Here's the game plan. This is what I want to see. Now get your arse out there, you know, so... Uh, Thursday night just had that wee whiff of you know, we, we don't know whether we're going up or down and uh, so maybe it's uh, we just need to be focused 
absolutely focused. So here's hoping, eh? I'll be crossing all my fingers and praying to any god whatsoever, to be honest. I don't care what religion he is. <laughs> It's, 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 uh, it's going to be huge um, and I think as well you know we'll obviously touch on this in future um, podcasts but the, the cup semi-final is massive as well it was a, a big hurdle for the club I think to, to go for that quarter-final sort of hoodoo that was happening for a bit there in terms of the Scottish Cup so um, we don't do well at Hamden <laughs> recently if we're going to be honest but um, again it's, it's a huge game and it's really what it's all about I think you know contesting on all fronts being in Europe past a certain point um, it's it's exciting times, um, and I hope that I hope that we enjoy it. So I'll I'll kind of start wrapping things up now and, and come round to people for a prediction. I don't know if you're going to be um, on the the podcast before Celtic or not. I'm not sure, um, but we'll get predictions and and we'll wrap things up. But thanks very much for for coming on, Steve. Um, appreciate your time. What's your prediction for the game against Celtic? Yeah, we've got to go three one Rangers. Um... Morelos too, and I think Ruth will come on and get one as well. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, the guys on the podcast in the next month have got a lot to talk about, haven't they? So loads of big games. Uh, yeah, again, thanks for having us on. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Thank you. I always like when you, when you add your goal scorers in there at certain different layer of confidence there. It's always good to good to hear. Uh, David Tomlinson, cheers for coming, mate. Much appreciated. Hope you enjoy watching the uh, the game in, in Saturday um, from abroad. But what's your prediction for the Celtic game, mate, next week? I think it'll be close. I'll go for 2-1 uh, for Rangers. We certainly would go for Celtic. Um, and, and, and as I said, I just hope that we come out and play the whole game a, a good pace and not, because we've got to match Celtic for pace, they're going to come out and, and, and run to, uh, put us under pressure right away that's that's the way they play, they don't now know how to play any other way so I hope we, we, we've we looked at the, the B team and know how to play around them because that was, that was the way they just ran through them so I hope we, I mean obviously Rangers have been teaching right through the, all levels now that's how to play and we should be able to play through them if they start on a good foot. So 2-1, I won't go for the goal scorers. I don't, I don't really care who scores. <laughs> nah, cheers, mate. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. David Pollock, cheers for coming on, mate. Always a pleasure um, to catch up with you. What's your prediction for the game next week? Yeah, well, it's good to be back on again, guys. It was an enjoyable chat, as always. Uh, certainly for the, the game against them, I'm going to go for a 2-0 uh, goal in each half. With Ryan Kent and Big Connor, so I, mean, I can even visualise it in my head if you want me to run you through. <laughs> so no, we can. I don't think we've got anything to fear. I'm looking for the the, the Andy Halliday start to an old firm game, where he's uh, right in there cooping from about thirty seconds in, and they know straight from the off this is going to be a, a contest for you guys. So uh, just get any other notions out of your head. So I, I think we read it as. You know, David, as mentioned earlier, we need to be at it from from the outset. We don't know. There's no 10, 15 minutes easier sell into it. We know exactly what we're up against. Get ourselves prepared. Get the head right. Let's go. That's it. Hi, brilliant. Oh, cheers for that. And I can envision what you're thinking there about Goldson. Hopefully a cracking heater at the back post or something. Um, I'm going to continue on the trend. I actually think that we're going to 
um, make a real dent in the goal difference. I think 4-0 to Rangers. I think it's going to be um, a, a proper performance from us from start to finish. And I think the noise within Ibrooks, I think, will, will potentially spook a few of their players who haven't played in that fixture. Um, so, no, I, I, do, I do think that, that we get the result that we need. It's massively important that, that we get it. Um, and I am going for, I'm putting my, my head out on the line, but definitely think that we've got a performance against them. And it's, we cannot play as bad as we played in that first half in the last game against them. And I think pretty much what a few of you have said, that will be sort of ringing in the, the players' ears and, and Gio's ears. So I'm expecting a performance um, and I'm expecting a, a, a big result. So looking forward to it and locking in 4-0 Rangers. I won't go with the goal scorers, but it'd be amazing if Morelos get the 4 of right enough. But um, we'll see but no thanks guys thanks for your time and thanks for listening to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast enjoy the international break um, they, what I'm going to do give your heart a rest recover because there's going to be an absolute mammoth um, madness eight weeks ahead um, of the season so thanks for listening we are the people 